Do you know what the word synergy means? My introduction to that word came as uh, a young kid or teenager uh, in the world of hockey, of all places, uh, and actually in the world of hockey stick technology. Uh, when I grew up, of course, when I was a kid, I used a wooden hockey stick like everybody did, but as technology uh, improved, they developed what was called composite hockey sticks. And so first these were made out of aluminum and then later uh, graphite and some of them had Kevlar. And so they would make these uh, stick shafts and then you would actually buy a blade that was usually made out of wood, although you could buy a composite blade and you would glue the blade into the shaft and that would be your hockey stick. It's called a two-piece hockey stick is what it was called. And uh, the professionals were starting to use these as I was a kid. And when I was 13 years old, the company Easton produced the first, I think, the first one-piece hockey stick, and they called it the Synergy. This was a, a one-piece composite hockey stick, so instead of having a blade that you, a wooden blade that you glued into a composite shaft, it was one, one piece. Uh, the blade and the shaft together were made out of this composite material, and uh, this was revolutionary and also really, really expensive. I think the cheapest one when they came out was $250 or $300, and they are kind of notorious for breaking as well. So you didn't know how long you were actually going to be able to use this stick that you purchased. But the kids on my team whose, whose parents bought them these Synergy hockey sticks were the envy of the team. And every time I would go into a sporting goods store, I would gravitate to the hockey stick section to see this, this new technology, this Synergy hockey stick, and hope that the price might have come down, although it never really did. Nowadays, everybody uses these kind of composite hockey sticks. Even if you're playing in a, a, a rec league of some sort, you probably are using one yourself. They're not actually that expensive anymore. But the idea behind the Synergy hockey stick was if you could bring these two pieces together and combine them, in, it would actually produce something better, a, a better shot, more powerful, more accurate, a better feel for the puck on the ice if you could combine these two things into one. That's the idea of Synergy is, is taking different parts or different pieces and combining them together and the effect and the output that they can have is greater than they could have on their own. I'll give you another example. A Clydesdale draft horse, these are horses that pull heavy loads. Uh, one of them can pull five tons on its own, but if you put another one next to it and partner the load between the two, they can pull 24 tons. So it, it's, not it's not an addition equation here. It's not 5 plus 5 equals 10. It's actually a, a multiplication that happens. 5 plus 5 equals 24. There's a, a greater output than could be achieved with both of these things on their own. The same thing happens in the church. And today we're taking a, a brief break from our summer Psalms series to talk about fall ministry at Ross Road Community Church and the ways in which we want to partner together to fulfill our mission. Our mission is helping people find and follow Jesus. That's the bottom line of what we're about as a church. We, we want people to find Jesus, to discover him, to put their faith in him, and then we want people to be discipled, to grow and follow him together. And we all have a role to play in making that happen. Uh, yes, you and I can have some effect when we work independently of one another, but if we'll join together and we'll join forces, we'll join our skills and our talents and our abilities together we will have a, a synergistic effect. We will, we will have more impact than we could on our own as the Spirit empowers us to do that as we follow Jesus together. We all have a role to play. This was highlighted for me uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
I was at the church uh, as a part of our food bank ministry, and our team there worked so, so well together. We were setting things up, and I happened to step outside into the parking lot, and one of the guys from our property team was there. Uh, ben was there, and, and he was suited up for battle. Uh, he was going to deal with the blackberry bushes on the east side of our property. If you've seen across the field in, in the back of our church, there are blackberries that grow uh, everywhere, basically, and they're overrun. They're like they're they're totally out of control. They're growing into the neighbor's property, and so they need to be cut back. And so, various people from our property team have taken a shot at doing some of that. And Ben was there for for his turn. And I said, Ben, thank you for doing this. Like this is this is hot and sweaty work, and you get poked everywhere. And and just thanks for doing it. And he didn't miss a beat. He looked at me and he said, Well, everyone's got to pull on the rope, and there are different leads on the rope. And uh, what you guys are doing in there in the satellite food bank is probably one of the best things that we do. But this is where I do my part. And uh, this is where I make a contribution. And I was like, right, that's it. Yes, Ben has got it. We, we all have a role to play. And our roles are different. They're, they're, they're varied. But when we all can do our part to pull on the rope, we're going to have a great effect in helping people find and follow Jesus. Uh, I want to highlight 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 5. Paul, Paul gets towards this idea, and uh, he, he does so in, in his letter to the Corinthian church. Now, he had started this church, and the church had started to grow, but there was this, uh, these rival factions that were now at play within the church. And one of these factions was saying, well, I follow Paul. And another faction was saying, well, I follow Apollo. See, Paul had planted the church and done the work of evangelism. And then Apollos had come alongside and continued the work and done the work of discipleship and helping people to grow in their faith. And, and yet people were choosing sides and saying, well, I'm following Paul and I'm following Apollos. And Paul writes to them and says, you guys are missing the point. So he says in verse five, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Well, we're only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned each his task. So Paul says, I had the task of planting and evangelism. Apollos has the role uh, that kind of overlaps with that, but also the, the work of discipleship and helping this church continue to grow as Paul moves on to other places to plant more churches. We're servants of God that have our own tasks and we're, we're working at the task God has given us. And by the way, you have a task to fulfill within this body as well. So verse 6, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. In other words, you do your part, you offer your gifts to the Lord and to the church, and the Spirit comes in and he makes it grow. So you do your part with joy and leave the results up to God. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. Now, that word co-workers is the Greek word synergoi, which is where we get the English word synergy. So Paul is playing on this idea of synergy, that together we're accomplishing more than we could alone as the Spirit empowers us to do so. We are God's co-workers and you are God's field or God's building. He uses these metaphors to describe the church. The church is a field that will grow and produce fruit that will be a blessing to many people. And you're a building, a place where God dwells by his spirit. In, in other words, the, the people of God are where the spirit of, of God dwells. And so our work is aimed at strengthening this building and helping this field to produce fruit. We're doing our part and you have a part to play as well. So, 
The question that we present to you today is, how can you be a part of changing lives together with us at Ross Road Community Church as the Spirit empowers us to do so? What is the role that you are called to play within the local church? Now, there are some challenges that we face as we emerge from this pandemic, obviously. Uh, we, we, we want to, as we emerge, and, I, and hopefully emerge, I mean, we all know that the pandemic's not over yet and things might change, things change daily. And so, as best we can say, we want this fall, as we continue to meet in person, to restart these various ministries that uh, haven't run fully through COVID or haven't run in person, at least. And we, we know that not having enough volunteers will cause us to limit what it is that we can do in terms of ministry programming. If we don't have sufficient volunteers, we won't be able to run programs or run them well. In fact, when we rely on too few people to run a ministry, we actually burden those people beyond what they should be bearing. They can, they can burn out or, or get overwhelmed pretty fast. And it also leads or can lead to ministries that aren't run very well, which actually turn people away, which instead of drawing them in. There's a lot at stake here, actually. Let me illustrate what's at stake with, with this example. Uh, Awana is a kids' ministry that introduces kids to the scripture and has them memorizing Bible passages. Now, if you were to do a survey on, on a search engine, just type in how many young adults leave the church after high school who have grown up in the church. Uh, the statistics tell us that maybe two-thirds of kids who grow up in the church will leave the church after high school. Some statistics will put that number actually much higher. It's not a very encouraging statistic. Now, Awana, the organization of Awana, has done some research as to where their alumni end up. And they have found that 92.7% of kids who attended and graduated from Awana will continue to attend church in their young adult years and will say that I want to help them build a spiritual and moral foundation upon which to build their lives. 92.7%. So is this a program that is affecting life change? Absolutely. Is it a, a program that helps kids find and follow Jesus? Definitively, yes. So is this a program that we want to run and run well? Yes, Absolutely. Here's the challenge. In the two years we've had Awana, we've had barely enough volunteers to make it run. And so we are envisioning and inviting you to consider getting involved in this because we know the impact that it can make on the lives of children as they grow up. This is so critical as we, as we raise our kids to find and follow Jesus. This is one really strong avenue that we can help them to grow. So helping at Awana could mean sitting there and listening to kids recite Bible verses to you. It could mean running a little small group of four or five or six kids. It could mean leading a, a lesson for a group of 20 kids. It, it could mean helping run games. It could mean checking kids in when they arrive. There's a lot of different ways to be involved. But we're inviting you into it. <clears throat> Now, we also want to recognize here, though, that finding the right fit, finding the right position to serve can be difficult. Maybe you've had a job before or a ministry volunteer position which just didn't quite fit very well. I remember I grew up on a farm, <clears throat> and um, in my teenage years, the farm built a processing plant so they could process their, their own poultry. And for a time, we raised and processed ducks. We don't anymore. 
But I, I didn't get invi invited to work at the processing plant very often. I usually was working in the barns. They're very different environments. In the barn, it's dirty and smelly and you're raising animals. In the processing plant, you're uh, preparing food. So it's very clean. It's very orderly. It's, you know, all of that. But one time I was invited to work in this processing plant. They were short one day. It was a Saturday. They were processing ducks, which is difficult apparently. And I was given a job on the line. If you're a vegetarian, you're not going to like this story very much. I apologize. But uh, these ducks were hung on these metal shackles and they were going along. They, they were dead already and the feathers and head had been removed and everything. My job was to reach up the neck of the duck and pull out the crop. The crop is a part of the digestive system where food is stored before it gets digested. So I was to reach up, find it and pull it out and drop it in this metal trough and it all wash away. I was not very good at this. I was given a little bit of instruction. I'd never done it before. I didn't really know what I was trying to find. So on some of them, I found it easily and pulled it out. On others, I just like was hunting around and couldn't find it. And these birds are moving too fast for me. So I was reaching and reaching and reaching. And by the time I was done with one, the next one was already gone. I'm sure lots of them went by and I had not removed the crop properly. But what happened partway through is I reached up into one of these ducks and there was a broken bone that cut my finger. And you know, sitting there listening, and I know now, that that was the moment where I should have said, I need to stop. Uh, this, I shouldn't go on, uh, you know, help me kind of thing. But I didn't know who to call. Uh, I, I didn't know how to stop things. And so I kept going and finished out the day. Well, what happened was a week later, I was in Vancouver on a weekend missions experience with Columbia Bible College. And on the Friday night, my finger got so unbearably painful. It was swollen and it was throbbing. And I knew like, I need to deal with this. This thing is infected. And so I told the leaders, I need to go to the hospital, which I did. And I actually had to go to the hospital twice a day for a week to get antibiotics through an IV. Uh, and I remember the doctor at one point just squeezing the pus out of my finger. It was so painful. And for some reason, I've never been invited back to work in the processing plant. I'm still waiting for that phone call. Um, it just wasn't a good fit. It wasn't, didn't feel good to me. It wasn't any help to them. And it ended, out, it ended up turning out very poorly. So a poor fit is, is not a good experience. And maybe you've been involved in a poor fit in a ministry volunteer position before. And it, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard work. And it just doesn't feel very good. But I want to encourage you, if you've had that experience, don't give up. Because just because one thing wasn't the right fit doesn't mean there isn't a right fit for you. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 12 about how the church is like the human body. Just like your body has many different parts that work together to form one body, so it is with Christ, says Paul, in the church. There are many of you, but you form one body working together for the glory of God. So Paul says in verse 4 of chapter 12, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And so there are different ways to be involved. And we want to come alongside you and help you find a place that is meaningful to you and a real blessing to the church and to our community. Now, we also want to recognize here as we move towards the question of how can you get involved, how can you serve, that some of you, as we uh, come through COVID, are not quite ready to be involved in a crowd of children or involved on a Sunday morning. That's not, you're not quite comfortable with that. And we get that and we respect that and we affirm you in the choice that you're making. There are opportunities that you can serve with us that have low contact with people. And so we'd love to explore that 
with you. We want to come alongside you and help you find the right fit. We, we've got experience in helping people find a place to serve, a place to identify and use their gifts in helping fulfill our mission of helping people find and follow Jesus. So here's what we want to invite you to do specifically. Explore the opportunities. We'll give you a way to do that in a moment. To join a team and to see lives changed together with us as the Holy Spirit empowers us. Now, to uh, capture our imaginations a little bit of what this could look like, we've compiled some interviews with some people who have served in various ministry areas at Ross Road, and uh, they tell us a little bit about their experience, how it's impacted them, and how it's impacted others. So take a look. I realized how much I enjoy it and how much I enjoy being a part of uh, the students' lives and wanting to lead them to follow Christ the way that um, I was told to follow Christ by, by, by my youth leaders. I really felt like my time when I was in youth group was a really fundamental part of my growth as a Christian, and my leaders were a very uh, large part of that. So I really wanted to have the chance to uh, be that for other kids. A big one for me is that as a homeschool teacher, I wanted to instill in my own kids a passion for helping, which would be sort of hard to do if school did not extend any further than our four walls. I want them to have compassion, I want them to be empathetic, and I want them to be generous and loving, all of which would have been more difficult if I had not been willing to live by example. Well, I've always had a passion for connecting with people, so I thought that if I could do ushering and greet people, uh, during church, then it would give me more people that I could connect with, and that might help me or them grow my faith more. Well, I decided to get involved in Connect Ministry because uh, I really love talking to people, and uh, it was a really good way of getting to know new people in the church since I was pretty new myself. So since I love books and reading, it was just an obvious place to use my passion to connect people to books. We always have fun, but we want to make sure that we end up focusing on God a little bit. And that's something that my youth leaders did with me. and something that I really appreciated growing up, and I'd like to pass that on and, and do that. When I'm with friends or at work or something, and they ask me about, oh, like, what are your weekend plans, or what did you do last weekend? I can say, oh, I was at church and I led worship. And then that opens up a conversation. And then I can invite a friend to church or say, oh, you should watch our online services. And I've actually been able to see that impact people. So if you can show them that they are noticed and that they can notice that God will always notice them. Being uh, a youth leader uh, really helped me to grow because it forced me to think a lot about my faith uh, because I had to be able to answer questions that students may have and stuff. So it really made me think about the bigger questions and stuff like that and why I believe what I believe. I always thought that in order to effectively be able to teach students about Christianity and what it means to live like Jesus, I also have to know a lot about that topic. So. I am learning more about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live the way that Jesus wants us to live and what we're called to in the Bible. I really learned how to have humility while serving. Um, I'd say that was something that I struggled with when starting to lead worship four years ago. And I've also been able to learn how to use my gifts in a way that helps others draw close to God, which I think is really cool about being able to lead worship. 
I get to use what I have to help others to have a deeper connection with God. I have learned so much about myself, which in turn has contributed to spiritual growth. I have learned to depend on God more than ever. I have learned that with Him by my side, I can be braver than I ever thought possible. And once I started surrendering and allowing Him to do what He wanted in my life, part of me just could not get enough. It's given me chances to show that God does love people. Just a simple, hi, how are you? It can start a conversation about something that we would have in common, and then we can always just come back to each other. We're all wanting new people to join, and we're so excited to meet new people. And so I would say, don't be afraid to try something and to have it not feel right because there's so many different ways that you can get involved. When you're surrounded by like-minded people who have the same interests as you, you really get to connect in a different way, which I think is amazing. We have three retirees on the committee, so we would love to have one or two younger members. Even if you're not sure of where to get involved, just try something. And if it doesn't feel right and if it doesn't work for you, then maybe that'll lead you somewhere else. The benefits of knowing that you were obedient, the feeling of belonging, and knowing that you have helped others far outweighs any hurdles or opposition you might face. God can use you in everything you do here, and especially being able to be part of the church and get to know people and become more of a family. Thanks to each one of you who shared with us and to uh, the many of you who continue to serve and to use your gifts in pursuit of our mission. This is what we want to invite you to do as we close. Fill out the, the three-minute form that we've created on our website. The link is in the chat or below this video. Fill it out by September 5th, uh, and one of us will be in contact with you to help take a next step and to help you join into something. Now, I'll tell you that our primary needs, the most pressing needs that we have right now are in kids' ministry on Sunday mornings, uh, Awana, which happens on Wednesday nights, uh, worship teams, and in audiovisual ministry. So those are four key areas that we're looking for more people, but there are many more opportunities to serve. In fact, if you go to our website, there's a link to a detailed list of many different ways that you can serve in formal and informal ways at Ross Road. Now, I want to close by looking at Romans chapter 16. Uh, Romans is uh, such a, a beautiful and deep theological work. Uh, Paul's uh, description and, and how he lays out theology is so profound in this book. And yet in chapter 16, he gets intensely personal. In fact, most of the chapter is listing names of people who have been special to him and special in the ministry that God has been doing. So he says, for instance, in verse 3, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Jesus Christ. By, that word, by the way, that word co-workers is the word synergy. In Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who is the first convert to Christ. Greet Mary, who worked hard for you. Andronicus and Junia and Ampliatus and Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ. And Apelles, whose faithfulness to, to Jesus has stood the test. Herodian and Tryphina and Tryphosa, women who worked hard for you in the Lord. Greet Rufus, who's chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me too. And other names that he lists of people who 
have supported the ministry and worked alongside him. And then he shifts to say, and by the way, there's people with me as I write to you who have been invested in this work and who care a great deal for you. So Timothy, my coworker, sends you his greetings and Lucius and Jason and Sosipitar, my fellow Jews, they all send their greetings to you. And Tertius, who actually wrote down this letter and Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church enjoy. We all send our greetings. We're all doing our part. And we know that you are as well. And I thought to myself, I wonder how this letter would be written at Ross Road. Like if I went away for a while and wrote a letter back to you, what would I say? You know, maybe I would say, you know, greet Cindy Sue who cares for our young ones so beautifully. Greet Gordon Karen who's whose hospitality and culinary ability have enabled community to be formed around shared meals. Now, greet Nathan, who greets you with a smile at the door every Sunday morning. Uh, greet, greet Charles, who, who champions prayer and who cares for people so deeply. Greet Phil, who helps keep our finances in order. Greet Donna, whose heart is for missions and supporting our missionaries. You know, greet Steve and Deanna who work so tirelessly in men's and women's ministry at Ross Road. And the list could go on and on and on and on because many of you are involved in this work. So we're inviting you to consider, especially if you're not involved in a position of, of volunteer service right now, to consider how you might get involved at the mission of Ross Road Community Church. We, we recognize that some of you are involved in helping people find and follow Jesus in a lot of other ways outside the walls of this church. And we affirm that as very valuable and necessary. But specifically, we're thinking here about the ministries within our church. What are ways in which you could get involved and support the work of helping people find and follow Jesus? Imagine what it would be like if we were just overrun with volunteers wanting to, to help all of our ministries flourish and thrive. Imagine what would happen in our church as we all grow, as God's building. Imagine as we produce fruit, as God's field, and how the community will flock to that. Imagine people coming to faith in Christ. Imagine baptisms as people commit themselves to following him. This is what we could see happen within the life of our church as we all get involved together, working synergistically in cooperation with each other and the Holy Spirit to see what God will do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your church, which is your body. Thank you that you've given each of us a part to play. And Father, as we move into the fall here at Ross Road, we are asking you to provide everyone that we need and everything that we need in order to Help people find and follow Jesus in the most effective way. We know that you have great things in store for us, and we are leaning into that together. And we pray that as we cooperate with one another and with you, that you would do more than we could ask or imagine. In Christ's name that we pray. Amen.